we're recording now, John. Did you Hi. know that? Did you know that that's how I, podcasts work? I just learned that, yes. This is fascinating world that, we, so that we're living in. So fascinating. How are you today, darling? I'm well. Okay. You know, listen. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. I'm just like Listen. winter. Just really feels like it has been been like laying on hard. We're not even in winter. I yet. know, isn't that crazy? Okay. It's not even winter, and I'm. So you're being a bitter Betty. I am, and I'm just grumpy and bitter Betty about the winter. Yeah. And like you know, last week we talked about it on another shot. You know, Thanksgiving came and went. I felt very gross all of Thanksgiving. I didn't sleep well. I know. You Everything said that. Everything was just a mess. So I, I just don't like this time. I, I just want to be in shorts and flip-flops in the sun. Is that too much to ask? Okay. I used to be like this, yeah. like where it was just like spring and summer. You mm. know, even fall, like fall doesn't really exist in New York. You get like no, two weeks of 72 not. degrees, 60 to 72 where it's perfect. And you're not exaggerating. It's and two then, weeks. And, and then that's it. And then so it's freezing. it's really just like spring and summer that I, yeah. and then my birthday's in spring, you know. Right. But as of late, I would say actually since dating 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. I have fallen in love with winter. Mm. Think about it like this. Okay. I think people yeah, look better in winter with layers on clothes, I, which is shocking because you think I would think that girls with less clothes would look better. No. Right. I think you can be more fashionable. Yes. People smell less. The That's subways a good are point. far less stinky. That's a very good point. As Take many drinks. Many drinks. No rats or cockroaches or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's so much nicer going into a crowded place, because we live in New York, mm. coming from the cold. That's as true. opposed to coming to extreme heat and just praying that there's air conditioning. I agree. That's. I'm trying to think of the positive here. <laughs> I, I love you that know, you're doing this. You know, when it's this. negative seven, do I want to be outside? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. But, well, that was a big part of it. But the smells are way better The in smells are way better now. That's true. And that just means there are no smells, which is fine by me. Don't right. get me wrong. If the subway has no smell, we're winning. The rats and roaches thing you mentioned is interesting, but that really just means they're all indoors. So yeah, it's they're like, all listening to martinis and roaches. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to record a oh, podcast Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, so oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I just wanted to remind uh, you, Mark, go, that Matt. you're not on your lunch break right, right. now. Oh. We're actually trying to get something, something done. Here. Okay. Fair enough. Wow. We got... Got sidetracked. I think everybody on the show at this point that's listening knows that this is my time to vent my frustrations with the world. So if at this point you don't like that, then you should stop listening. And we're going to have to bring this out on another shot either today or next week. But I do want to say it. There was was a fun rant um, on our Facebook group about someone who got harassed in the office with someone. And I was like, this is airing of our grievances on this. Let's talk about that. We're going to talk about this. On another shot. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh... In the studio, has uh, once again, Yes, Gina has returned, the staff Thank boozer. God. Thank God. Thank God. Gina, welcome back to the show, and can you let us know what we are drinking this week? Thanks, guys. Yes. Thanks, um, guys. Well, since it's been a few weeks since yeah. I've been here, I decided to really dork out for this week's cocktail. Love it. Ooh. And <laughs> it is... Um, once you get into the case, yeah. it'll make more sense. Okay. But there is a mother involved. And so I thought of how back in the 1700s during the gin craze in London, uh-huh. yes. as one does. As one that's does. a normal thought process to have. I thought that this morning and when I woke up. When someone is named Gina the Staff Boozer, that is one thing you think of. Definitely. Okay, yes. So during the 1700s gin craze, mm-hmm. um, it got to be a problem because you didn't have to have a license to distill. So like every couple houses, someone was like distilling their own gin and they used to put all this horrible stuff in it to make it taste like it had juniper in it, but it really had like turpentine mm. and like oh other chemicals. To, like, is, is juniper the main ingredient in gin? I'm not a gin fan, so I just don't know the, like what makes gin gin. Yeah. It's kind of like the main flavoring okay. agent. And then um, depending on who is making it, they put in different botanicals. Would Matt know this? No. Yeah. So the, the he puts gin, a nightshade and right. like you know belladonna, belladonna right? Um, so the then there was like all this propaganda to get people to stop drinking gin and like get their lives together, and they would call it. <laughs> <laughs> so Ma- that's a note to martinis and right, beer. Right. <laughs> it was called Mother's Ruin. Was like one of the names oh. for it. Great bar in New York City, Mother's Ruin, and they have great drinks. Yes, she and it's named after know the history of it. Yeah. Um, after that, and actually, like, the term Dutch courage also comes from when gin first came to London was because soldiers had, during the 80 Years' War, had, like, fought alongside the Dutch and tried Geneva, which the Dutch made, and so they would call it Dutch's, Dutch courage because they would drink it before they would go fight. By the way, she's not reading anything. No, she's just, she just, like, she's knows She's looking the us story. in the eyes and, read, and telling us this stuff. I'm fascinated. It's very nice, Gina. I can't say my name without a note. 
No, I know. I'm like, how do I spell my name? Who am I? Fucking Gina. Yeah. Well, thanks, Gina. That's interesting. I've got more. She's not done. She took a big breath. You just pulled a mat and tried to fade to black in the middle of her sentence. I thought she was finished, but then she took a deep breath. Let's thank Allie for the research this week. That's it on this week's episode. (laughs) Sorry, keep going. Yes. Um, So this case definitely involves mothers and mother's ruin. Yes. um, And takes place in New Jersey. And so the cocktail Mm. we're going to drink is called the Pink Lady, and it's got gin in it. We're using... um, Monkey 47, which has 47 different botanicals. Oh, my um, goodness. It's made in Germany in the Black Forest and is super what? fancy. So it's one of oh the more. My. The forbidden Matt, forest. Matt doesn't of, spill all of it yeah. before we get to drink it. He just kind of threw his hands up in, a, in, a, in disgust a minute ago. So we'll see what happens. That was probably himself. And let me just say, as we <laughs> talked about before, how big a Grease fan I am. Yeah. And like, oh. let me know, John Pink Lady. You're right, all my spots you're right today. up in that. That's yes. amazing. So then it's got apple brandy, which made in New Jersey later. I keep thinking she's done, and I'm like, okay, keep going. And excitingly, some egg whites, because I can't wait to see Matt. (laughs) Put egg whites so we're going to be drinking raw egg. We're both raw getting eggs. salmonella from this. E. coli is a big thing in a the salmonella teeny. Let's see what happens. All right, all right. Wait, uh, let's not thank her until oh, she oh, signs off, right. John. Okay, right. Yeah, now I'm done. Now you're done. Thank okay, you, good. Gina. <laughs> Thanks, Gina. That sounds no, that's wildly fascinating, and yeah. I know so much more. I was just about tell- what's going down. I was just telling Gina because we have a little document where we have our topics for future shows and some notes and I was like by the way did you happen to see the note that I put in for one of our December shows and if you go to the doc it says can we do some kind of hot chocolate concoction with Bailey's thanks this is John typing this so Gina is looking into it. When you write in your own suggestions to Gina Uh like as a you know how like you just anagram your name into something different you're like John Prasher wants uh, was really highly (laughs) requested I'm like John we see right through this yes it's me it's me well well, thanks, Gina. We'll look forward to Matt uh, hopefully getting these drinks, although he has quite a lot of ingredients to deal with. I'm looking over at the little bar that he works at. So He'll be fine. We'll he see what happens. He has literally one job and didn't even right. just say what the recipe was. Right, exactly. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and one more thing before we get into today's show. Okay. Coming in December, Darren, we've been teasing this for several weeks. Yes. Megan has been working on this for several Fu- weeks. Furiously. Furiously. Working on this. Um, Sweating. Coming, <laughs> crying. Coming at the end of December is the best of Martinis and Murder. Did, That's right, guys. Does that mean... Oh. He's literally holding an egg and He's throwing an egg. An egg. I was just about uh. to say, does the best of just include all of our podcasts with Matt blanked out. Blanked out, out like, yeah. yeah, like bleeped Beep, out pretty much. Time. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. That takes a lot, Megan. Yeah, Megan's been working diligently with that bleep button. Well, it has, but it's basically the best moments over the past few years. Everything yeah. from Dan, your wife, Dan. Dan. Hey, Dan. Dan, your wife is here. Your wife is here. To the orange peel incident, which was just about to be an egg white incident, let me just say. It was, just a few uh, seconds ago. To baby Tersh, who's... Coming along kicking, quite nicely, galloping in there. and kicking, very marinating, <laughs> um, and Ew. you'll relive some of the biggest moments to round out 2018. So, yeah. you know, listen, if you guys have any mage moments that you guys like that you haven't participated in our Facebook group yet. Hit us up. Hit us up. Megan has been stalking it. Well, so she's Megan on will it. be probably annoyed because she's been working diligently. So adding to what she's already doing. I love giving Megan more yeah, work. Yeah, give Megan more work. Is Megan the, doesn't do enough. No, of course that's not. That's the problem. That's actual sarcasm because Megan does quite a lot. So anyway, yes. we'll be releasing those in two episodes near the end of December, as Darren just mentioned. We're really excited about it. I can't wait to like hear the final versions of Me these too. episodes Me too. just because... Um, it'll be fun to hear those because I haven't even listened back. And it'll actually be really good for any new fans that come on because a lot of people, they they binge and they get the whole inside joke of it all. But someone who starts at episode like 68, (laughs) baby turns to them. It's like, wait, is Darren really pregnant? (laughs) I've been seeing that on Facebook and I'm like, yeah, of course I am. What do you, why would never joke about a not real pregnancy? Well, did I say that on the show? My boyfriend recently was like, uh, did you know that Darren Darren. is pregnant? And I was like, what? Like I assumed he had been listening because he has listened to the show. So I thought he knew about the whole Tersh thing. And I was like, what do you mean? No, Darren would tell me and like, what? That's not even a conversation she's having. And it's not something that's really going to happen to me accidentally. No, exactly. Right. Unless that's my girlfriend my has something that I don't, that I haven't that explored. That you didn't realize. That I didn't discover. <laughs> it's 2018. Anything's possible. Right. So it turns out he was seeing other people commenting about your pregnancy. Oh. And with Tersh. He's the father. And I had to explain to him, she has a baby deer in her. Yeah. 
Please How did move that conversation? On. That should have been it its own weird. podcast. It was weird, and he Guys, probably considered. This might be the uh, most intense cocktail we've had. Oh, <laughs> no. Matt is hunched over <laughs> like my grandmother, trying to shake this martini. This is the saddest thing he I've ever looks seen. Like his spinal like bifida or something. No, like, he where definitely he, like, does. He has a multiple he's sclerosis. Like it looks like. Yeah, I don't know why he's standing like that. And he keeps giggling. Yeah, yeah he does. It's not helping. No. It's really not helping. Let's get into this week's mur- yes. murder because if we don't, we're never going to get the drinks and we're going to run out of time. Well, I also want to say, okay, yes, we'll get into this week's murder before I keep talking. Okay, so this is Tina Lunny. She was born in 1967 in New Jersey, as Gina mentioned, and had a very ordinary kind of blue collar childhood. I want to mention, Matt, that you had sent us this info and the research at the top, the title uh, at the top said tuna. Yep. Tuna. Yep. So I was like, really? Someone named their kid Tuna? Tuna Lonnie. And I was like, that would happen on the show. That would be my drag name. Yeah, Tuna Lonnie. Tuna Lonnie. (laughs) I was like, that would happen on the show. So I didn't think about it. And then I got to doing the research. I was like, (sighs) oh, it's Tina. Anyway, so thought I'd throw that out there. But like, if your name is Tuna out there. Good for you. And you're not a cat or a fish. Right. Um, Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers to you. That's when it's an appropriate time. Yes. So anyway, so her dad was a cop. Her mother was a very traditional Italian-American that loved church and uh, worked nights. Tina's father passed away unexpectedly when she was 17, and so Tina began to work to help out the family. She got a job at a supermarket working as a cashier and ended up meeting a boy there named Chris Lunny. He told Snap, quote, she was a cashier and I was a stock boy, and we kind of hit it off. She was just bubbly, full of energy, just seemed like a very good person. That's cute. That's a very, like, traditional like you American. Yeah, totally. That's the thing. Well, look at us. What? Right. Um, Tina's mom, Marie Zoppi, was very supportive, and Tina and Chris became a couple. Chris went to a technical school for electronics and got himself a good job in IT with the Newark Police Department. So this is only a few miles away, Darren, Talk at this about point. a very stressful IT job. The Newark de- Police Department? Oh, well, any police department, but, yeah, spe- but especially Newark. Especially Newark. There's a lot going but just on like, there. You can't, you got to make sure those records and computers oh, and right. phone, I don't even know. Like, maybe I'm not even thinking about this correctly, but I'm just thinking the no. pressure. No, that's fair. Yeah. In 1992, when Tina turned 22, Chris asked her to marry him, and the young couple moved to Fairfield, New Jersey, in a nice home in the suburbs. I know it, and it's probably 20 minutes from I was going to say, up. where so you there grew we up. Go. Tina got a job uh, with the city in her home of Fairfield and worked in the finance department. The couple did well together and took Tina's mom, Marie, into their home, Marie lived in a basement apartment in their home, and she was very independent. Chris told Snap, quote, we thought it'd be easier for us, her, to live with us. She had, like, a little apartment in the house downstairs, end that's quote. That's cute. Yeah, that's nice. That's cute. A year after Chris and Tina had their first son, and two years later, their first daughter, because their grandmother Marie lived downstairs, she was very involved in the kids' lives. Which that's is, a good that's way to do it. That's the most important thing. Because let's be honest, no one really wants, like, the mom or, or the like dad. The like, hanging out. Yeah. That's never a good thing for relationships. Um, Tina had a great relationship with her mother, however. So Chris told Snap, quote, their relationship was good. They got along really well. And quote. helping out with the kids. I mean, that's just like, that's basically free it's babysitting totally. in, in the best way. The mom and daughter would have girls nights out and even went gambling together in Atlantic City. You've been there, I'm sure, right? Atlantic, Atlantic City. City? Yeah. Only once. Oh, oh, sorry. Twice. Well, you flew there with Andy. I flew there I on that. a helicopter and landed on yeah. the Golden Nugget. What is this Which world? was amazing. And then the other time was with like friends. And Anderson was with you too, right? Or yeah, no. in the helicopter in the was helicopter. me, Anderson, Anderson Cooper, and Cooper. Andy. And Andy looked at me and he was like, the things we do together. And I was like, I know. That's hilarious. Well, Tina converted uh, her experience working for the city into a financial services company. She gave personal finance advice to her clients. She had grown uh, a lot from her early days of finance management while taking control of the home finances. This is a good skill to have. Definitely. Good skill. This is such a good point because I was thinking about... I would take a drink, but... But we don't have it yet. Oh. Oh, perfect timing. Uh, ooh. Wow. They're like pretty. They're like, yeah, gorgeous. They're like, it's a, like a red pink. pink. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to wait I'm, for I'm everyone else. Let me take a smell. It smells very. Um, oh, it smells. It smells exactly uh, like I'd expect a pink lady to smell. It smells. Bu- do I want to say bubblegummy? No, no, there's no bubblegum. You don't bubble want to say bubblegum. I don't All right, know. Let's cheer. There's some grenadine in it. Oh, grenadine. grenadine. That's what I'm smelling. Uh, Matt, are you, are you, Matt, are you in? Oh, he gave himself the paper cup. Cheers, Cheers bitch. <laughs> Cheers, bitch. Cheers, bitch. Cheers, bitch. All right, let Megan, me do this, this one's sip and then, okay. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit. Let me know what you think, Darren, as you take out your first taste. 
Um, I really, really like it. I yes. can't even really taste the alcohol in it too much. Uh, and I'm not a gin fan, so that I was a little nervous about it. You can only taste it very slightly at the end. It's a very well-made drink. I think you are even going to like it, considering it has alcohol in it. It's delicious. I knew it. Matt, and good job. Gino, amazing Amazing suggestion. And although you're very welcome, I really worked hard on that one. Well, you were hunched over like a grandmother, (laughs) slaving away with egg whites. It's like as if someone got hit by a car and then tried to make a drink. I don't know why that would ever happen, but that's what he was doing. Right? Does this have any of the right ingredients in it, Gina? Though I mean, okay, good. Good. (laughs) So he's just making a drink. Gina looks pretty good. Gina looks like she's leaving the studio or something. So Gina, thank you. Matt Matt took over the microphone. Unfortunately, we're just trying to kick Gina out of here. Can I say something before Gina leaves? My whole chest is burning, so let's see what happens by the end of oh, the show. Yeah, thanks, Gina. Okay, in good. a good way. Thanks, yeah. Gina. It's that date rape drug he put in oh, there. Oh, is that what it is? That was the mixture that, that we're tasting. That, that tracks. Yes, yeah, that, that tracks. So, um, anyway, I was saying the finances thing is a good point because now you can take your drink. Yes, I was thinking about how when I was in elementary, middle, high school, we didn't have a like finance class. Like yeah. we had math, geometry, algebra, trig, but we never really learned how to like balance a checking a book. It's or, so it's so true. It's so they never important. treat never teach life skills. Yeah. Like certainly behavioral skills and right. social skills, but they never teach the practical things, right. you know, how, you know, balancing a checkbook is yeah. kind of really difficult yeah. and like paying off a credit card bill and what that interest rate and means interest and like, and, yeah. you know, you put 25, like they never teach that unless you major in it in college. Exactly. I mean, you can take econ yeah. in high school, but it's not the same, like it's not the same like practical home skills right. like a home ec might teach for domestication in any sort of way. Right. Well, I did not have any econ classes in high school. So I was like, got to college and I was like, I'm going to overdraft my bank account. Like yeah. all these things kept happening. You'll be happy anyway. to know that instead of home ec, I took um, wood shop and um, automobile class. And I passed on those and took home ec. So look at us. And we're gay now. So what does that say? And now I can make a green bean casserole. Yes, so we're in, your face, yeah. in your face. In your face. I actually feel kind of worried about, about us. Yeah. Raw <laughs> eggs. Uh, I don't know why. Is it? I don't think I would be worried is about a, raw eggs. Is it a myth? You'd have to chug a lot of... I mean, okay. I don't recommend eating raw eggs, but how many times do you eat raw dough? Wait, just to recap, there's raw egg in this? Egg white. Yes. Oh, egg the white. egg white. There's no yolk in there. You're fine. Okay. Honestly, you should be more worried about that lettuce recall that happened Can recently. Can I tell you something? E. coli. Leah, the E. coli outbreak? Yeah. I literally... It's all over the news. Stop serving lettuce. Yeah. I go on Sunday at home... Romaine, uh, back, right? Back in... Yes, Romaine. Romaine. Sorry. Yep. Yes, Romaine. Thank you. And if sure enough, I get it get a uh, turkey wrap thinking of course they'll take the romaine off served with romaine i pull it out like are you effing kidding me and it's like dirty and i'm like is this a joke like how is this happening to me anyway guys let's get actually back to the show here because i feel like we're we have a lot of let's tangents okay <laughs> but if i die of e coli you know why now or the drink it's or the drink show. we'll it's see awesome. what happens Anyway, Chris said, quote, since we first got married, she took over all of the bill paying and everything like that. And I was happy because I don't like writing checks or anything like that. End Who quote. likes writing checks? Match made in heaven. Let's talk about I that. I haven't written a check in years. Like, oh, I write checks. Do you still? Well, it used to be that my rent took checks. Ah, uh, Now yes. it's electronic. Most of it's electronic yeah. these days. Um, Chris would just give her his paychecks and she handled everything. The family grew to have a comfortable life, but Tina was still very careful with the finances. This feels like it's going to go downhill. Why is that? Quickly. What do you mean? Oh, you mean like the finances? Because anytime it's like one person's ahead of the finances and you're just like mm. blindly like handing Yolanda over. Like Yolanda Saldivar? Yeah. Ugh. Blindly handing over yeah. checkbooks. This doesn't end well. No, it never does. Well, Chris told Snap, quote, she wasn't a big spender. She would never buy herself new clothes or anything like that. I even said to her one time, why don't you go and get your nails done, you know? She like, no, 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 I don't want to, end quote. So I mean, it's expensive. It is expensive. However, she was willing to spend money on one thing, her kids. The Cute. prosecutor in the case told Snap, quote, her son was an athlete. She put him in the best training so he could be good at sp- the sports he did. And those lessons are very expensive. The daughter did a lot of extracurricular activities and that costs a lot of money, end quote. The family also got 30 something grand when Chris's dad passed away. So there's a lot of sort of yeah. money things flowing through this household. Newsflash, kids are a money suck. Well, I was going to say I had nothing like this when I was a kid, except I took cello lessons. Yeah, that must have been expensive. Funny you say this. I was just talking about it over the weekend. Are you ready? It was $10 per hour. So I was getting hour-long lessons with my my teacher at the time for 10 bucks. That's nothing. Yeah, that feels like nothing. So 
Yeah, no, I, I was that problem child because I was an overachiever, so I did yeah. everything. You and did my every sport. You did everything. But this is in hillbilly country, right? Technically, yes. Hillbilly. The the mountains of Appalachia. Yes. Yes. Exactly. They know what a cholo is. Thanks, there. Matt. That, that was, was nice. really mean. Yeah, that, that was, was really, 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 that was really really low. That was low. Look, I'm I proud of my heritage, and for all of you in heritage. Western Maryland, you should attack Matt at this moment. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I thank you very much. Tell a lesson about ten bucks. <laughs> back on the mountain. Wow. wow. That was Matt. so unnecessarily rude. That was like, I didn't, listen, of all people to be offensive on the show, it's usually it's, me. Yeah. Megan laughed. I didn't laugh. Yeah, Megan's laughing. I don't I like this. I didn't laugh at I don't you, like John, where, where and I didn't say that going. accent. I don't like where this is going. Yeah, the accent was so, so rude. So I'm, I'm for John today. Megan and Matt can go live in their M worlds and yeah. do their M things. Well, I'm just going to chug this an M off. Um, egg drink now. Yeah, go go get salmonella. Mm, thanks, Matt. In July of 2009, Chris and <laughs> Tina were planning a summer vacation with other families in the neighborhood when tragedy struck. Mm. Chris and Tina's children were 11 and 13, so they were out of school for the summer. They all planned to rent a large house in the outer Outer Banks in North Carolina. I've been to it. I love the Outer yeah. Banks. And on July 22nd, Tina made the payment on the reservation. Unfortunately, the next day, the trip had to be canceled. Hmm. Hmm. Tina called Chris while he was at work. She was hysterical. Her mom was dead. Oh Chris God. rushed home to find that his 81-year-old mother-in-law was lifeless on the floor of her downstairs apartment. The Star Ledger wrote that her mother, quote, lay face down, blood and vomit spitting out, spilling out of her mouth, a necktie wrapped tightly against her throat. The necktie's an interesting piece here. Because, listen, 81, I mean, certainly, you know, nowadays, like, yeah. people are living well past 81, but 81 is still, if you lived a life at 81 and you passed away, that's, no one would ever Feels say. Feels a bit too early for yeah, natural causes or something. Maybe, but it also doesn't seem out of that realm. You right, know, right, you, right. you trip and fall. It's like kind of perfectly within that range. Yeah. So we told Snap, quote, I asked my wife if you called 911 and she said no. So I immediately called 911 and I told them I needed an ambulance right away. Here's audio of the 911 call. Why don't I be the dispatcher and you be Christopher? Okay. What is your emergency? My wife just found her mother on the floor. Is she conscious? I didn't. I don't think so. Uh, Is she breathing? Is she conscious? Tina's young. (laughs) Yeah, Matt. Thank you. Uh, No, no, she's not. And scene. scene. Thank Good you. Job. Thanks. Immediately when. Thank you, Matt. Immediately Matt when. Matt is like on something today. I don't know what's going on. I with mean, him. he's literally making fun of your heritage something and then weird. clapping at you for reading three lines. Right. Like, so I don't something's know. Something's going on. We'll, we'll see what happens through the rest of the show. Immediately when police <laughs> arrived, something seemed off. Her mother had killed herself with a man's tie. And according to the Star Ledger, a suicidal suicide note has been left that said, quote, Tell the kids I love them. You mm. don't need me anymore. That is so heartbreaking horrendous to find that yeah. and but also seems a little weird but the There's necktie and suspicious. when you're grandmother you don't need me anymore uh, who writes that yeah exactly we've been waiting for Matt to write that right but a police chief told snapped wow quote, you see that you see how he defends see the love of hap- life see what happens when oh. you see how he defends you yeah no I appreciate that it hurt that hurt yeah gosh Jeez but a police Louise. chief told snap quote i don't believe there was any place that the tie could be tied to that would force a strangulation you're not going to choke yourself to de- death like that because you can't because you'd pass out from asphyxiation and then you'd breathe again because you can't oh, obviously hold the point. tie yeah they surveyed the property for a possible break-in but everything seemed to be in its place so the police quickly took Chris and Tina to the police station to figure out what had happened. Tina said she first got worried about her mom when she didn't come upstairs for coffee in the morning. During the police interview, a detective asked, quote, and you went to, apparently you went to check on her, right? End quote. Tina responded, right. Um, then she didn't answer the door like I knocked or whatever, end quote. She then tried the door, but it was locked. So she went outside and looked in to see her mom laying face down on the floor. She panicked and climbed through a window thinking that Marie had fallen and broken her hip or something then she saw the necktie around her neck and also the suicide note that's when yeah that's when tina said uh that she called her husband during her police interview the detective asked quote is there a reason why you didn't call 911 end quote that's the big question here well right because i'm thinking in a case of emergency do what i mean granted they're married so i think that gives a level of like sure maybe over my girlfriend and i understand that argument but it's like okay something terrible happens enough to it's not like someone's sick it's like a fucking death like like, right. I'm not thinking of telling my girlfriend. I'm going right, right. like, eventually. To, hel- to get the help you need. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. is she, she's going to be like, call the police. Of course. So that is, that is a little sketchy. Yeah. So she replied laughingly, quote, I don't know. I should have, I guess. I don't know. 
end quote. Like, why would you be la- I don't know. The prosecutor in the case commented on Tina's answer, quote, people who find people dead do call their family first. It happens, end quote. So that's interesting. Megan's nodding and agreeing. Yes. But why would her mother kill herself? Tina said she didn't know, but she had a call with her mom that had stuck in her mind. In the police interview, Tina had told police, quote, she said, oh, um, I should just take pills and die, end quote, or something to that effect. And I don't know why she said that. I know I was at work, end quote. So Tina's mom had also talked about their upcoming Outer Banks trip, saying things like, you won't miss me and, oh, you don't need me, apparently. Tina told detectives she hadn't thought anything of these statements. When asked where the tie came from, Tina said it was Chris's. Mm -hmm. Chris was interviewed by detectives and had virtually an identical story. However, he couldn't confirm what happened before his wife called him at work. And listen, saying that the tie was his, like, no shit. They live in the same house. He's the guy. That's completely understandable. Exactly. Doing laundry, probably in the same areas, whatever. Um... He told detectives, quote, I saw her laying on the floor and she had a blanket on her. I guess my wife had covered her, end quote. He told investigators that she had committed suicide just as Tina had said. Okay. So there's some details there. Well, the next day, the autopsy report came back from the medical examiner and it confirmed the police's suspicions. Marie Zoppi had died from strangulation, Mm. but she did not hang herself. But more importantly, Marie had died the day before Tina said she had found her. Oh, boy. That's eerie. Yeah. Had they been living above her dead body for a day before they realized she was missing? Because, I mean, she's in the house. Like, she's in the basement. Right. And, like... You don't say hi to your mom once a day. She's living in the damn house. Of course. After questioning Tina and Chris, police headed out to ask the neighbors and community about them. They didn't find anything out of the ordinary. Chris and Tina were well-liked, and their marriage appeared incredibly happy. Then they pulled the couple's financial records to find that not only were they broke, but they had been for quite a while. Interesting. The prosecutor told Snap, quote, the checking account had a negative balance uh, virtually every single month going back for a number of years. Uh, We're talking thousands of dollars. Countless insufficient fund fees. End quote. They had the electricity cut off shortly before the murder and a bunch of unpaid bills. How does Chris not know this, though? Right. Or have at least why hasn't he mentioned the electricity's cut off a few days before the murder? He must. I mean, they clearly have something where he doesn't think about the bills. If there's, you know, Con Ed or whatever utility company is sending letters and she takes care of all that stuff, then he just doesn't look at it. He just, it just goes to like her pile. Even if the electricity's being cut off? Well, that's, yeah. You know, I mean, mean, it's possible she lied or something. I mean, she could have said like, oh my God, I didn't pay. Oh oh God, I got to call them and pay. Totally. But that's, I mean. It's suspicious nonetheless. Well, Tina Tina even had a lawsuit against her for outstanding credit card debt. And they were greatly behind on their mortgage. The prosecutor said, quote, we're talking months and months of being in behind on the mortgage and threatening to go into foreclosure. This Mm. is serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detectives obviously had more questions for Tina and Chris, but they wouldn't be able to get them anytime soon. When detectives went to have a follow-up interview, Chris had already come to the police station just 24 hours after reporting Marie dead. He reported that Tina was missing. Oh. The family had spent the night at Chris's sister's home since theirs was currently a crime scene. Right. No one had slept well, but Tina had been a wreck. Remember, she's very close to her mother, so yeah. this this tracks. Chris had, quote, a glazed look on her face, almost like a shock, um, kind of pacing a lot. Then at 6.15 a.m., Tina left. Chris said... Quote, she says, I'm going to go to the store. So she was going to walk. I said, okay, I'll take a walk with you. And she said, no, 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 no. She's, um, I want to clear my head. End quote. After she didn't return, Chris called a friend and they spent hours combing the town for her before finally contacting authorities. Detectives had suspicions. If Chris killed his stepmother, Marie, could he have killed his wife too? And now he's just reporting her missing? And or if Tina, his wife, killed Marie, could he be covering for her? I mean, this There's is a just, lot of pieces moving. Exactly, there. a lot. The timeline is not syncing up. For Which everybody. we don't. Yeah, we don't know if anybody is responsible for anything. Yeah, it might not even be well, a family thing. Well, that's true. Thing. Yeah, that's true. They threw Chris into an interrogation room and grilled him hard for hours, and they realized he was probably telling the truth. Chris told Snap, "Quote: They said, you know, we're sorry we had to put you through this, but you know, we're just doing our jobs." Quote. End quote. But the detectives weren't done. Next, they confronted Chris with the financial records. He was shocked. Yeah, no shit. Chris said, quote, I thought there was money in the bank. I thought, you know, we had some savings. It's just interesting because it's like, if this is also your bank account or whatever, wouldn't you have at least some understanding about your finances? That's what I mean. Like This whole thing, like, oh, know, my you hands. You don't check every once in a while yeah. to be like. I mean. You know, how much, sa- like, just check your bank account. I am guilty of, like, avoiding it. 
you know, my own bank bank account just because I'm like, yeah. I don't want to know how much money I spent and, oh, uh, you know. I know. But for weeks and weeks and months and months, it seems Did like. you never check? Come to on at least now. Know? I, they probably, what if they had their own, you know, checking and banking savings accounts or whatever. And oh, he's so just relying on her he to take care of. has a paycheck mm. and he has a little bit of money, you know, of yeah, course. Yeah. And, and, and he thinks the savings is, you know, she deals with that. That's on her That's account. true, right? yeah. And he doesn't even. I guess that's what's Worry so crazy to me. Like, yeah. for me, financials would be the one thing I just could never trust anyone else with. Yeah, totally. You want to do my schedule. You want to pick <laughs> out my wardrobe. You want to, like, anything else? Like, finances? Absolutely not. I agree. Yes, Megan. Go oh, ahead, Megan. Megan has a thought. Mer- Megan's engaged, so maybe like her it. and her hubs, uh, like future it. hubs, have something going on. Yeah. I. Oh, right. I was going to say... Our situation is not that different from what Matt just said. Mm. Are you in charge of the finances, though? or is um, Aaron is primarily. Megan? Yeah. Can we trust him? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out soon enough. The $10 that's coming in this week from the podcast, I'm he sure could you can manage. very but... easily not be paying the mortgage, and I would never know until no, I got evicted from the house. Now that you guys are These saying are good this. These are life lessons for everyone to learn in this room. I'm recognizing that, too. Like, my boyfriend and I live together, but, like... He does a lot of the bills that I don't even look at. So I don't know. Maybe I'm caught up in my own issue here. When you two don't show up next week for this podcast, <laughs> You've been murdered. Matt and I will fucking know. It's because you just <laughs> let the finances go. There you go. Does but he I guess have a life common. insurance policy on you? No, he doesn't. I do. As far as I'm aware. Darren does, Yes, though. that yes. way we'll split the money. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris was then told that his wife was a murder suspect in the death of Marie, despite the cops not knowing how the financial ruin related to it. A manhunt for Marie began. They didn't find her, but they figured out where she had gone. After leaving home, Tina had walked to Target, bought a water, and then got on a bus to Atlantic City. So specific. Yeah. It was less than 24 hours from finding her mother dead, and instead of grieving, she was gambling. I don't know if that really makes any sense. But again, we've talked about this a lot on the show. People deal with death in different ways. Well, you know, you don't want to look at your your credit card bill. You want to, be, you want to avoid it and just be distracted from totally. it. Totally. So maybe like in a time of stress, you know, like, right. what can you do? Let me yep. go gamble. I mean, she has no money, so it's kind of funny doing that. But Some people gamble. Some people play Pokemon Go when they're stressed. Those are the two Just options. throwing it out there. Yes. Chris told Snap, quote, they actually have video footage of her in Atlantic City at a casino, end quote. But by the time police got to the casino, the trail was cold. She was gone, and for a couple of days, they found nothing, basically. A police chief explained, quote, a citizen who was walking their dog had seen the reports in the media and that she was missing, and he believed he saw her walking on Long Acres Road, end quote. Officers found her wandering around the neighborhood. In her purse was several suicide notes addressed to her husband, children, and family. Wow. A journalist described them to Snap, saying, quote, one of the notes was written to her son where she said, Mommy was sick. I'm happy with Nana. I'm watching you. I love you. Make sure you try out for soccer and football. Love, Mom. End quote. Now, whatever you want to say about these people and what they've done and what they're going to do, as we explained to you, it's still like so heart wrenching to oh, hear that. Imagine the children. Uh, it, it's it's horrible. The Star Ledger reported that in a letter to her husband, she wrote, "quote I didn't gamble only ten dollars." End quote. And according to the ledger, she that's told a her, weirdly written. That's note. a weird note. Yes. According to the ledger, she told her husband to file for Social Security and food stamps and sent her death certificate to creditors to relieve him from her debt. Now that I te- feel bad for her. I know. I do too. I'm like sympathizing here. No, a little I bit. mean. Listen, gambling and being addicted to gambling, like it can be a sickness. You know what I mean? Like you still have to control it and and you're still responsible for it, but it's bad. Like it it can have a financial hold on you that you can never get out of. I always go back to that. I I just feel like I just recently mentioned this, but when we had Sharon Martin on, she said one of the things she's noticed over the years with Snapped in particular is most of these people get cornered into financial burdens and then they snap. So. Let's see what this what happens here. Now that Tina was in custody, it was time for another interview with her. Within an hour of finding her, she was on camera and she was ready to talk. The prosecutor told Snapped, quote, she literally sat down and said, do you want me to tell you what happened to my mother, end quote, and the Fairfield Police Department looked like they were going to pass out. So here's a piece of the transcript from the interview. I'll be the detective and you can be Tina. Okay, this makes sense. All right. What happened between you and her? Honest to God, strike me, nothing. Yes? Nothing. 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 That's the most bizarrest thing. The jacket and tie was like laying there or wherever, and I don't know where it came out of. And then I just did it. Uh, you did what? Just. You want me to say the word? I strangled my poor mother. 
Wow. So end scene, by the way. Um, so the Star Ledger reported uh, that she told investigators, quote, she was like gasping or whatever on her knees, end quote. Tina continued, quote, I was, I know, I was like, oh my God, like I was in shock, end quote. It's almost like they caught her. Yeah. But they didn't even say anything to kind of trick her. Right. She was so distraught and so distressed that it sort of just came out. It's crazy. The detectives asked uh, what she was thinking as she killed her. And according to the Star Ledger, which cited interrogation footage, played in court, Tina replied, quote, I can't believe I'm doing this. What am I doing? End quote. According to the ledger, the detective asked her why she didn't stop, and she replied, I don't know. I should have. The ledger also wrote that, quote, Lunny confessed to the killing and to staging the scene to look like a suicide in an eerily casual and matter-of-fact 45-minute interview with the police, end quote. She was reportedly answering very quickly while smiling and appearing relaxed with her head resting on her hand. Something's up. Yeah, and just like that visual of like her It's too creepy and eerie. Yeah. After the deed, Tina had gone to work, came home, and went to bed, but was unable to sleep. The Star-Ledger reported that Tina, quote, told her children and husband that her brother had taken Zoppy out so they wouldn't go looking for her, end quote. That's an interesting fact there as well. God, those children. I know. By the time Chris went to work in the morning, Tina had a plan to stage the suicide and call Chris to tell him she found Marie dead. But why had she done it? Was it really that impulsive? The interrogation continued, Darren. I'll be the detective. You be Tina. Okay. Financially, everything was really bad for you guys, I understand. Let's not let's not go crazy and say bad. I don't think it's that bad. Do your finances have anything to do with it? Is it were you angry over things? Oh god, no. End scene. Thank you. Very good. Thank oh, you. oh, another clap. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Didn't get a clap on the last one. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So she claims there was no motive, just sudden impulse, but there was more. She confessed that she had been having an affair. Ooh. I was not expecting that. I thought Salish. I thought this was going to be all about the finances. Me but too, it turns out too. to be a little bit more than that. She had known the man who was a police officer uh. for three years and had seen him a couple of times a year for a couple hours each time. That seems crazy. That is insane. A couple you, of times a year. For, so it's what? literally a 12-hour affair per year. Is it like once a quarter? That's, so over three years, she's seen him 36 hours. Is that... I mean... Yeah, it's I, totally possible. A, but but some, like... What, like every half a year, one of them calls the other up and is like, hey, you want to get together for a few hours? A booty call and or, you know, you're waiting until your significant other. is like on a business town, trip, whatever. It's not suspicious. Your kids are out. Yeah. I'm just saying it's possible. Matt, okay. do you believe it? Okay. Distance I, makes I the heart grow fonder, just, Matt. I believe it. <laughs> Tina claimed that Chris had no idea and the man knew nothing about the murder. The prosecutor told Snap, quote, it was completely irrelevant to the homicide. However, it did show to us the level of deception that was going on. Totally. End quote. The Star-Ledger reported that, quote, in a strange twist, the Fairfield officer turned out to be the same one with whom Chris Lunny filed a missing persons report when his wife went missing the morning after Zoppy's death. How, what, what are the no. Odds. That's crazy. What are the odds? That is a twist I was not prepared for, you guys. And you know what? Poor I need a drink Chris. from that. Yeah, totally. Now he has He's to think about. He's talking to his like home he record of about, a police officer trying to find his fucking wife. I mean, does the police officer? What? Did, did the police officer know that she was with Chris? Though I don't know that that's necessarily. She had to. Have. I if mean, he took the report. He, how could he not know? He, he, they have the same last name right, and right, oh my wife. Oh yeah, I mean he had to have known who Chris I'm was. Sure. He knew. He yeah, knew. yeah, 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 he, he knew. knew. Oh my goodness. Well, Tina was placed under arrest and Chris, having learned everything uh, she said in interrogation, had to go home and figure out how to explain everything to the kids who thought they would be on vacation in the Outer Banks that week. I can only imagine oh my God. kids who think they're going on vacation and then literally and blowing then this, up their lives. Right. On May 7th, 2013, it was time for Tina to stand trial for the murder she inexplicably committed. The prosecution opened by reminding everyone that Tina had already confessed to the crime. However, a few days after she had done so, Tina recanted her confession and entered a not guilty plea. Interesting. It's always so fascinating when people do that. But, you know, they do say that innocent people can, you know, admit yeah. to a murder. And, oh, you know, yeah. we, we talked about Brandon Dassey yep. and making a murderer so... It's not that crazy, but she's a full-blown adult and sort of admitted this in under a weird circumstance anyway, so now to recant feels weird. And there's definitely a lot of, like, mind games and plea deals that go on with this stuff. So, like, saying you're guilty or not guilty can sometimes technically be part of your a plea agreement that you have, you're hoping for. 
Well, the prosecution claims she did it all for money. The prosecutor told Snap, quote, their mortgage was behind seven mortgage payments. She didn't even have $10 on the day that she killed her mother, end Mm. quote. And the lead witness... It was now her ex-husband, Chris. The prosecutor continued, quote, it was heart-wrenching. He cried, couldn't stop crying. He explains how devastating to his children this was, end quote. Well, exactly right. Like, despite what even Chris is thinking, the children, you know, grandma, mom, and now your dad's sort of involved in getting her. Yeah. You you cannot see up from down. I mean, it's (laughs) it's like... Your whole world's twisted upside down. Her her mom, like, I'm sure the kids had contact with the mom and right. she probably said like i didn't do this yeah you know, after she rec- like there's so much you, you know, like, 11 and 13 years old what what you don't know what is going on yeah you know what i mean especially totally. at that age well according to cbs tina spent every dollar of chris's thirty-seven thousand dollar inheritance chris told snap quote when my kids got gifts for birthdays or you know a special occasion she would say to them you know here's some money to spend let me put the rest of it in a bank i found out that money wasn't going into the bank oh. so tina kept up her hoax for a long time but eventually as everything does the money ran out mm-hmm. by july 2009 when it was time to go on vacation she was dead broke the vacation rental had tried many times to obtain payment from tina chris explained quote the realtor told her you know you have to get this last payment in or else none of you are going to be going on vacation end quote Mm. if tina backed out of the trip her family and friends would all find out her real situation so according to the prosecution's theory tina had decided to kill her mother not for inheritance but for her credit cards Oh, okay on the same day marie was murdered tina was recorded calling marie's credit card company and claiming she was marie tina immediately started using their credit cards too the prosecutor explained that Tina had, quote, paid for the Outer Banks trip with her mother's credit card. Wow. CBS New York reported that Tina, quote, paid for the Outer Banks trip with her mother's credit card, end quote. And CBS New York reported that Tina, quote, then used her dead mother's credit cards to pay bills to public service, electric, and gas companies. So mm. PSENG is getting paid, <laughs> just not the way that we want them to no, be paid. No, not at all. Apparently, a gambling addiction had led Tina in a very wrong direction. A journalist told Snap, quote, the defense attorney described Tina as this woman who was on the brink of collapse and who, when she found her mother dead, sort of snapped and gave a false confession. Shout Mm. out to Snap. Shout out to the show Snap. The defense claimed that she had a breakdown and given a false confession because she had been living a double life. One where she had an affair and a gambling addiction resulting in catastrophic financial problems and another life where she was a loving wife, a mother, and a stable bank account, into the finances, had her whole life together. And another life where she was with this uh, police guy. So Well, I mean, that was sort of in, yeah, living the double life with the affair and gambling. But listen, the pressure of having to do that... Has got to be no wonder this woman led to a breakdown, especially with children. Matt, you okay? Do you over still there? need to? Cl- do you, you want to go cough into drop? the light to clear your fucking throat? <laughs> need a cough drop, Matt? According to the ledger, Tina's attorney quote <laughs> argued throughout the trial that the confession was false, brought on by the stresses of bankrupting her family, the guilt of having an affair with a local police officer, and the shock of finding her mother dead. After Tina had been arrested, she was also diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Oh my gosh, so many things contributing to this. The journalist continued, the defense attorney argued that if you watch the tape, she seems to clearly be showing signs of her then undiagnosed bipolar disorder, that she had been under the suggestion of the police to come up with a confession that they wanted to hear. Mm. But when the defense's psychiatrist was asked if Tina had ever said she committed the murder, the psychiatrist told the jury, yes, she did confess to her. That was really all she wrote, folks. That was really all she wrote. Well, on May 24th, Darren. My birthday. Your birthday, just two weeks into the trial, Tina was convicted of murder and sentenced to 40 years. The Star-Ledger reported that Tina, quote, showed no reaction as the judge revoked her bail or as officers handcuffed her and removed her from the packed courtroom, end quote. Chris and his children are trying to put their life back together. Tina's gambling addiction managed to grow into a truly terrible storm. That's kind of what I was pointing out. There's like so many things going wrong in her life. He said, quote, she should have came to me and said, you know what, Chris, I have a problem. I was her husband. I would have got her help, end quote. Tina will be released when she is 81, the same age her mother was when she killed her. That's so crazy. Also, doesn't Chris seem like the best dad to have in this situation? (laughs) I mean, outside of him being a little clueless about the finances, like he seems to be just like a really good guy. From what we know, just seems to be like a really good, good guy. And I'm glad at least that the children have that stability of some sort. I agree. And you know, I, you know, we haven't done moral of the story. Oh, you're right. Lately, but clearly 
I mean, there's there, a lot of things going on here, obviously. Yeah. But Know your finances. The, 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 the moral, <laughs> though, it's just the finances thing. Okay, like, you royally messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, she did. She spent too much money. She's behind on the mortgage. She, this is not a reason to kill somebody. Like, exactly. You know, people are so scared. Like, okay, the house goes into foreclosure. All right, go get a shitty apartment, really shitty apartment. <laughs> People are the scared kids, of change, though. You know, you know? the kids are going to totally. go to a, maybe a not quite as nice school. You know, it's going to be a little rough, but like life's not over. That's, yeah, life's not this over. This happens. This happens all the time. Like, just don't be afraid of it. This kind of reminds me of, and this happened probably within a year. This definitely happened this year. I don't know if you guys ever heard about that story that happened in. I want to say it was like Murray Hill of New York, that couple. They were, I don't know, in their 50s maybe, and they had so much financial debt, and they had two children, two young children. So much financial debt that in order to, the only way that they could cope with it was they jumped out of their apartment window together. Oh, my God. And leaving God. a horrible note for their children about how, like, basically, like, we fucked up, and this was, like, our only solution. Goodness, And to no. that sort of point, yeah. even if you went into foreclosure or bankruptcy those children are still going to be better off with I'd you. assume as long as they were good parents yeah with you then having to know that their parents killed themselves that, that of, you know I, I mean obviously this is such a serious topic yeah, and it is, yeah. sort of out of our purview of even understanding what it's like to go into that but yeah I mean the moral of the story is certainly that a financial it isn't the end of the world um killing someone though is the Will end, be of, the the end world. of your world yes and know your finances Megan there you go Aaron doesn't Ooh. have a gambling addiction that we don't know about does he all right. She says, it's just, I hope it's just not. probably porn and strippers. Well, potentially. Nothing to worry about, Megan. You're She's like, fine. that's fine. It's fine. Let's get to listener shout outs. We don't pay shout you out. anyway. <laughs> listener shout outs. Uh, Ashley Ray Fournier, I think I'm so. going to say, says, My 40th birthday is November 29th. I'm an OG listener, Harry Potter fangirl. I even wrote a paper in grad school about Harry Potter that I read at a conference in Canada. <laughs> that's amazing. I adore whiskey drinks and have five kitties at the house. I love you all so much. Happy holidays. Harry happy, Potter kitties. Happy birthday. Yes, happy and belated. My God. Five kitties. Five kitties. <laughs> I mean, I knew Harry you Potter, great, great, great. Yeah. Five kitties. Well, let's not skim over Harry well, Potter. I mean, yes. I hope you posted a picture and yeah, I hope yeah. I like that picture because I've been loving. You've loved all those in the Martinez you know and it, Facebook group. Uh, yes, happy belated. Facebook group. Facebook group. <laughs> Um, another listener, Rachel Sutter, says, Hey guys, coming at you from Chicago. Love Chicago, by Love the way. Love Chi-Town. I jumped on the Martinis and Murder bandwagon at the beginning of September by a recommendation of my cousin-in-law, and I've been hooked ever since. I started at the very beginning and have made my way up to the Mary Jo Buttafuoco interview just this morning. By the way, great interview. Great interview. If we do say so ourselves. Listening to you guys to and from work as well as occasionally at my desk is the best part of my day. You guys make me laugh endlessly and are getting me involved in so many cases I was not even aware of. I've even attempted to make some of the drinks that you've had on the show for my husband and I. Love you guys. Love the show. Oh, we love you, and thank you, cousin-in-law, for recommending us, but we're glad that you're, uh, you know, a relatively new dedicator, and welcome to the amazing group that is Martinis and Murder. Absolutely, and, you know, I love, by the way, if you say anything nice about us, you're probably going to end up in our listener shout-outs. Especially with John, because he does the talk. Of course, yes. But, like, say nice things about me, but, you know, just know that John's really the one you have to butter up. Um, We would typically be ending now, right, Darren, I think? No, but this is... Well, yes, we would normally yeah, be ending, say, but yes. I'm very excited yes. because I've been badgering you. Yes. We're bringing back voicemails. Voicemails. As promised. Why don't you take the first one, John? Yes. Yeah, so this is Patty from Maryland, who oh, I apparently ditched. of course ditched. you signed yourself the Maryland Yes. One. Well, because I apparently ditched her uh, in Rehoboth Beach. Oh. Um, she was there at the same time I was this summer and wanted to get drinks, but unfortunately, I was not really paying attention to my social media too much. Um, let's listen to what Patty says. Hi, John and Darren. My name is Patty. I'm calling from Silver Spring, Maryland. I am the dedicator who always wants to um, connect with John whenever he mentions Maryland on the show. I was also the one that wanted to meet him in Rehoboth Beach at Dos Locos for a drink or a martini. Um, anyway, the um, D.C. Mansion murders um, was a big thing that happened here in 2015, but Darren Wint was just convicted the other day found guilty of all charges of the murder of um, three family members and one of their housekeepers. And I was wondering if you would ever do an episode on that. I realize it's still kind of new and recent, but wow, it's a very interesting backstory. Okay, y'all have a good day. Bye. 
That's a very interesting case that I had not heard of. I had not heard of it either. And I hope you added it to our doc, John. Yeah, well, let me read. This is from Wikipedia. Yeah. I just want to read what it's about for anyone who might be interested. It says, on May 14th, 2015, three members of the Savopolis family, mm-hmm. Savas, Amy, and their son, Philip, as well as their housekeeper, Veralisha Figueria... These are Figueroa. Lo- Figueroa. Thank you, Darren. You're welcome. Were killed in the Savopolis house in Washington, D.C. The victims were held hostage for 19 hours. Starting on May 13th, 10-year-old Philip was tortured in order to coerce $40,000 in cash from the family. 10 fa- years old. <laughs> it's horrible. From the family, the perpetrator uh, or perpetrators restrained them with duct tape before killing them, then set the house on fire. This is like one of the most craziest things I've ever heard. They all sustained blood and force trauma, and Philip was also stabbed. On October 25th, 2018, the defendant, Darren Wint, a welder fired from a company owned by Sava Savopoulos, thank you, was found guilty of 20 counts of kidnapping, extortion, and murder. So that's from Wikipedia. Sounds absolutely horrible and something we should definitely look into, Matt. I and think also we might his name is Darren with an O. With an O, yeah, that's so, right. That's so that's a serial killer quality. Apparently. Right? Well, thank you for that case thank suggestion, you. That looks Patty. Insane. Matt, can you add that to the can list, please? Can you add it to the list? Can you do yes. some work? Um, on a happier note, On though. a happier note, Annie from Rhode Island had an uplifting fun voicemail, so let's listen to that. Oh, my God. Marquis and Murder fam. This is so fun that I can call you. I am a community-based children's therapist, and I'm, like, in my car all the time. I listen to you guys constantly, which has probably made me a little paranoid, but realistically paranoid. You're keeping me safe out here in the community in Rhode Island. Um, I love your podcast. You guys are amazing. Thank you for all you do. It means more, 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 more than you know. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye. Aww. We love you, Annie. Yes. That's a very Annie good one. And you're dedicator, and I like that. That's so sweet. That you is are sweet. a dedicator. I also just love when people just simply call in and just have only nice things to say. Like I said, say nice things, you'll end up on the show. Yes, correct. Well, correct. that is it for this week's episode. You guys will be back with some, I think, interesting and I don't want to say fun because I don't know that they're fun, but... I think we'll interest- try and make it as as as, as, fun. as less <laughs> gruesome as possible there you go. with a twist in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. All right, bye. Bye.